about this is, uh, you know, that negative thought you've been having, and uh, I just, uh, I just can't let you try and change yourself without a fight, so, uh, go ahead and just turn this show off, okay, and, um, uh, yeah, everything's still fine. This is Blindsight with your host, Bill Lundgren, an AINC original podcast. Is there you? We're not holding back truth. We're here to help you heal and become the best you possible. Here's the chair. Here's the pillow. Here's Bill. Welcome to Blindsight. We're glad to have you on board. Uh, Blindsight is produced by uh, Audio Information Network of Colorado, and it's geared to talking about mental health and mental wellness. I'm Bill Lundgren, your host, and I'm pleased to again be working with my producer, the two of us to uh, present what I hope will be a useful and informative session. And we're going to be talking over the next two weeks around stress, what it is, how we can deal with it, and you know, try to give you, our listeners, some ideas they may not have had before about how to deal with stress. Part of what I see, part of my job is to help people to understand some, you know, the things that can be helpful to them in their everyday life. So here we get started. Welcome, Jonathan. Thanks, Bill. It's good to be back on. Yeah, glad to have you on board. And what I want to do, want us to do, is talk about stresses. The fact is, we can't avoid them. If we live in this world and with other people, there are going to be stresses. The question is more, how do we deal with them? No, I'm sure, Jonathan, in your job is producing all the podcasts for uh, <laughs> AIN of Colorado, yeah. you have absolutely no stress. You don't no, know. There's the, there's, no, there's zero stress in my life. No, yeah. he says in a sarcastic tone. Right. And also the fact that you have children. Yep. And, you know, they're, they're, they don't know that they're creating stress, but they do it. No. Well, and I think and it's. it's I love the I love your idea of stress because the stress is always around us and it, you, my personal belief is that while stress is always out there it's what I make of it that makes it stressful yes. Yes. and it it's a mindset and so I personally like to to frame it that way and I know a lot of people that is a really difficult way to see stress and they just well my life is stressful okay well, are you making it stressful or is it something else that is truly stressful? So anyway, just put that out there. And what you're saying is that one of our first jobs is to determine what am I stressed about? What is, right. and you know, and one of the ways, the things we have to look at is, okay, where is the stress in my body? Because that can sometimes tell us where the stress is outside. Yes. Some people experience stress as a stomach pain. Mm -hmm. And there uh, was a therapist who uh, kind of drew some parallels with life. In other words, I can't stomach it. Meaning, if your stomach is, is acting up, it means you can't mm -hmm. stomach the situation that's going on. Or, yeah. or if your back aches, 
you say, oh, mm-hmm. I've got too much of my back, which is an yeah. interesting way of, of kind of focusing in on it. Right. But what's important is to say, okay, what is dressing me out? Is there a pattern here? What is mm-hmm. uh, the kind of thing that uh, I may need to look at to reduce stress? Right. Uh, do I do I feel stressed after listening to the news for an hour? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care what news source you're listening to, conservative, liberal. I don't care. It's going to cause you stress. Absolutely. And one of the things you may have to think about in terms of reducing stress, remember, we're not, uh, we're talking about managing stress. We can't eliminate it unless you become a hermit out, you know, in the wilderness with no one else But even then you're going to have stress, Bill. You're going to have to try to figure out how you're going to feed yourself and clothe yourself and shelter yourself. There's there's no such thing as a non-stressful situation. Exactly. And you see, if you you also have to understand your nature. When I talked about managing an, anger several weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things I talked about is the basic human response of uh, flight or fight. Right. And stress generates those kind that kind of feeling flight or fight. And part of our body is trying to respond to, okay, what do I do here in in any kind of stressful situation to take care of myself? Yeah. So the first thing I think that people have to do is identify what the outside stressor is, but also Mm. to identify where am I feeling it in the body? Yeah. And in, in those two ways, begin to think about how to take care of myself. Mm hmm. Now, there is a, a fallacy that people fall into and they think, oh, I need to take care of somebody else. If somebody else is causing me stress, what I need to do is to take care of them. You know, whether it's oh, our boy. children, our spouse, yep. uh, our work situation. But I think that's a fallacy because it gets into an all or nothing. Either I take care of that person or that thing or I take care of myself. And what we need to do in that kind of a situation is to sit for a moment and say, wait a minute, how do I take care of me? Because if I'm not taking care of me, I can't take care of that other person or that other thing. Boy, I'm so glad you brought that up because I am reminded of when I was uh, in theater and in, in college and in high school, when I would go through these stretches of preparing for a show or preparing for a big event and life would be super stressful in that time. And, and and I know I've talked to doctors and I've talked to different healthcare professionals about this and they actually go through a similar thing where you, your body is so used to being in that stressful environment that for me, the moment that I was done with that event, usually the next day, sometimes the day after, I would get super sick. I would get like my body would just release all of this tension and all of this stress. And the the thing that was keeping my body almost going was that stress itself. And it's super unhealthy, right? But for me to be able to sit in that stress and know that I'm going to get sick at the end of a show, at the end of a, a concert performance, at the end of a semester for school – 
Um, Knowing that was almost a relief. And it's just something to be aware of when you're talking about being aware of your own body. Right, right. And that's what I mean by paying attention to where you're feeling the stress. For example, you and anyone who's listening here to take a moment to say, okay, am I feeling stress? Where am I feeling it? Am I feeling it in my arms? Am I right. uh, fist clenching? Are my Headaches. teeth grinding? You know, uh, we have some particular centers where we may feel stress. And part of our job is to be aware of that because then mm-hmm. you can say, okay, if I can relax this part of me, then, you know, I will uh, get at least uh, get rid of the stress or do something about the stress if I know, you know, what's going on in my body. And if my body yeah. is feeling stressed, whatever I'm doing, I've got to stop. Yeah. And I've got to pay attention to me because if I'm okay, then I can take care of and give my attention to the other person. If I'm yeah. not doing that, then I can't take care of the other person adequately. And I just add on to my stress by trying to pay attention to somebody else instead of me. And it sounds selfish, but this is a time when you have to be selfish. And, take, and for example, with your children, uh, I remember one of the things, and I respect it now as an adult, my mother, uh, she was a working single mom. When mm-hmm. she came home, she would take time to close her door and read or take yes. a nap or whatever. And mm-hmm. then after she did that, she was able to come up, come out and take care of us. But of course, as kids, we're right, thinking, right. oh, I want mommy now. Yes. And, you know, and it, and we have the capacity as kids to make parents feel guilty without any problem. Oh, yeah. And so consequently, we have to be the mean daddy or the mean mommy mm. and take care of us. And then we'll have the energy yep. to take care of other people. I've had uh, I've had uh, working with couples in conflict. One of the things I discovered with a lot of couples that particularly when it's one of those rare instances where the let's say the wife. A mother is at home taking care of the kids. She doesn't mm-hmm. talk to any adults. And then as soon as the husband comes home, he's dealing with work. And as soon as he comes home, she's demanding attention from him, and he hasn't right. de- debriefed from work. Yep. And what I was able to do for that uh, for those couples is to get them to agree that the husband needs about a half hour after he gets home to maybe go shower or at least to Mm. change clothes, to relax a little bit, and then Mm -hmm. he would be fully ready to be a companion to his wife and uh, father to the children. But he needed to debrief. She needed to hold on for a little bit and give him that that, that time and then be able to for them to be, to meet on equal terms. That's the mm-hmm. kind of way that you can negotiate some of the stresses that, that you may have by just taking a look at what's affecting you, how yeah. do you need to discharge that, and then yep. move on to, you know, whatever events of the day. But we have trouble 
allowing ourselves to be selfish that way. Yeah, I your story really resonates in terms of the husband and wife. And and another thing to add on to that, if your kids are older, they're going to have a little bit easier time to adjust to this. But another good way to add on to what Bill had just said is either the husband or the wife. If the husband needs to go take a shower, you can go sit in the bathroom and talk to him. You can, I mean, you can, there's a way to de-stress together in, in mm-hmm. without the kids, because, you know, the kids are causing stress on the mom. The mom just needs to get that stuff out. And so it's easier if you have older kids um, or if, if the, if you can get the nap time of a infant to correlate with about the time that uh, a spouse gets home from work or right. so that you have that, you can build in that stress uh, alleviating time can be really beneficial for not only you as a single parent or a spousal unit, um, but it's good for you personally and you as the unit. I want to ask you real quick, um, when we discuss stress, I think there's there's a difference between saying I have a million things going on right now or there's like nervous energy. How do we distinguish what is actual stress and what is like nervous energy or you just feel antsy? And where there may not be something going on necessarily, but it's just how do we differentiate that? Well, I, in fact, I'll, I'll add a uh, an additional uh, thing to think about. There are such things as what we call distress, but there's also use stress, mm-hmm. which is a positive stress, but it's still stress. Mm-hmm. You know, something right, delightful yes. is happening, yes. but still stressful. It's a lot of like going energy. on a roller coaster. <laughs> right, exactly. And and so consequently the part of uh part of stress in, in your question really is an important one to begin to distinguish is the stress coming from outside us mm-hmm. or is it coming internally? Yes. Now, for example, uh for me, uh it just happened. I had some friends over today, I had a little too much coffee. <laughs> And so all the I need up to bill, do, that's all we need. Yeah, that's all we need. We just, you know, <laughs> and you see, I have to say, oh, wait a minute. It's the coffee that's causing me to feel some stress, not right. whatever, you know, like doing a broadcast or something like that. Right. And I have to say, okay, uh, <laughs> settle down. And, you know, you, you're going to talk a mile a minute and you just need to slow down. In other words, Talk to yourself and say, this is what I'm feeling. Yes. This is what I think is involved. And yeah. here's how I need to uh, deal with it. Because there are ways to dis- to deal with the stresses. We just have to begin to utilize it. And I think what you mentioned with the children, I think there's a belief in a lot of parents that, they can't teach their children patience. But right. I think they really uh, yeah. need to do that early because yep. kids are going to have to learn that. And they're going to have, and, you know, patience for a real little kid can only be a very, very short time. What, yeah. what would you say a, uh, 
uh, two, three, or four to ask them to be patient. You certainly can't talk about uh, in an hour. You talk about a matter of minutes, maybe even seconds to teach them that. But if you can teach them that and allow them to understand that you need Mm -hmm. them to be a little patient with you, yeah. Uh, so that you can take care of you and then be able to be more engaged with them. Right. Yeah. Giving those, th- those little ones just enough time for them to be distracted with something. Right. Uh, to allow you to decompress and to de-stress. I mean, that can be any time during the day. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if, if you can understand how to distract them just enough to go to the bathroom for 10 minutes right. or you know, go to the bedroom for seven minutes or something like that. You can even put on a timer and give them a, a yeah. fun task to do that maybe is a chore or that maybe a uh, an activity or a painting or give them a snack and say, hey, just sit at the kitchen table. I'm going to go call grandma or I'm going to go call grandpa. But yeah. I mean, you don't have to do that, obviously. But give them a, a sense. Of, I'm going to be back at about five to 10 minutes. Right. And when you're done with your snack, we'll go do something else. Right. You know? And and you see what you're doing is you're structuring. Say, look, I'm not going to leave you forever. Right. I'm just going to, uh, for five minutes, I know that's going to feel like a long time, but you know, I'll be, I'll be back and I'll be able to be uh, the kind of, of parent that you want me to be. You know, you don't say it in those words, but that's in essence right. what you're doing or distraction yeah. or in some way to give yourself time to take care of you. And then you're going to you can be fully engaged in in uh, whatever you want to do after that. And I think that's you, uh, uh, crucial. Do you use a stress journal? Have you ever stress journaled or, or prescribed it? Uh, I haven't. I I prescribed it. I haven't used it that much, but I think that's a good idea. What? What? Yeah. Tell me what it's been like for you. Well, yeah, stress journals. Uh, I, I journal a lot. I, I love journaling. It's a way for me to get out my thoughts and feelings because if I hold on to those things, I know I'm going to drop the ball at work. I know I'm going to forget things in my kids' lives, and so getting those things out. Uh, I've got four different like categories that I journal in, and this can be stress. This can be just generic journaling. Uh, first of all, is what's the cause of the stress? So, like you were saying, you know, identifying it, um, and even if you don't know, guess. You know, if you're unsure, just guess. Right. Um, and then how you feel about that stress, stress both both physically and emotionally. It's like, okay, am I tight in my neck? Am I getting a headache? Am I kind of sick to my stomach? Uh, Like you said, you had too much coffee, and so now you're feeling jittery. So you've identified that physically um, you feel amped up, and emotionally you may be like all bouncing all over the wall. And then third is how you're acting in response to that physical or emotional stress. And then lastly is what am I going to do in the next five minutes, in the next half hour, in the next hour to de-stress or decompress? And is there a way I can take those thoughts captive that are making me stressed and apply them to something else in a healthier way? So those are just some basic things that I've done in my personal journal right. that hopefully um, you guys out there in, in podcast world will take to heart. 
Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Uh, if people, some people have difficulty with that kind of writing and so forth, but any any means that they can to collect their thoughts in the yeah. way that you're describing and be able then to have an understanding. You know, I think people really underestimate how much they are capable of understanding themselves. Absolutely. Just don't take time to do it. You don't have to be a PhD to understand no. yourself. No. You just have and, to be able to ask yourself questions. Who, right. what, when, where, why, how. Right. Exactly. And then be able to then say, okay, not only uh, you know what's going on. You see, the next step is, after that is to say, okay, uh, what do I need to do about it? Mm-hmm. And uh, there are a number of different exercises that people uh, need to to do or can help them to yeah. kind of settle down. Yeah. And uh, the you know there are a number of uh, things you can do, and everybody says, "Oh, I'm too busy. I you know I don't have time to do that." I you know I mean you get all kinds of excuses. But again, Avoidance. like I'm saying about paying attention to yourself, yeah. if you don't, you're not going to be able to accomplish what you want to accomplish in the way that you want to accomplish it. So if you take time, for example. Uh, the deep breathing is one of the easiest things to do. We all breathe, I hope. Yeah. Uh, so the, <laughs> so the que- question is not do you breathe, but how do you breathe? How, yes. How do you breathe? That's critical. Where do you think the anxiety breathing is? What do you think? Where do I think the anxiety breathing comes in? Yeah. Boy, that's, yeah. I mean, you're talking about upper respiratory. You're talking about in the, yes. the upper part you're of your lungs. You're talking about your chest. If you're breathing. Right. It's in your shoulders, up and down, super right. fast, almost hyperventilating. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And that's where where the change has to occur because you're doing shallow right. breathing, mm-hmm. which increases the anxiety. I mean, it's kind right. of like. A circular thing. You're shallow breathing, right. you feel anxious, and you're when you're anxious, you're shallow breathing. So the first thing that you have to do is to stop for just a second. And uh, I don't know whether you remember with you when your kids were a baby, but mm-hmm. if you look at babies, they breathe from their bellies. Yep. Yep. And. So we need, as adults, we get away from it. In fact, some people, for uh, vanity purposes, don't like to be seen extending their belly to breathe. But right. that's exactly what you need to do. So yeah, I'm gonna jump. I'm gonna jump in real quick, and just to help you guys, if you want to figure out if you're breathing shallow or if you want to take a deep breath to change that thinking, real quick, lay on your back, get, lay on a hard surface if you can. Lay on a hard surface. And start breathing. You will know instantly in the first breath whether or not you're breathing deep or you're breathing with a shallow breath because it is immediate feedback. Lay on your back and try to get your belly to go up and down. It is the boy, it's one of my favorite stress relievers. Man, I love, I absolutely love laying on my back. It's great. Yeah, sure. 
Well, I think for people checking, in fact, they can do it right now. They can put their one hand on their chest mm-hmm. and the other hand on their stomach, above, just above the navel, and yep. figure out which is moving more. And a lot of people, it's their chest that's moving more than their stomach, and they need to yep. reverse that. So in other words, right now, everybody could take, take in a deep, deep breath and extend their bellies to take in all that air. And really, they can throw their shoulders back and mm-hmm. take a deep, deep breath and hold it and then slowly exhale and have their stomach you know, come in yeah. and get rid of all that air. Yep. And then do the same thing again and extend that uh, the 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 belly, the diaphragm to take in all that air and do that. Uh, some people say on the count of five, you inhale and take in the air, exhale for for five, and do that yes. a couple of times, and you'll feel the calm. I've had clients yes. who come in nervous, and they do that three or four times, and they say, I feel calm. Because what's yeah. happening is that the vagus nerve, is, mm-hmm. which leads to the brain and says calm, is you know it's being activated by your diaphragm moving back and forth, and you're getting a lot of air in your system. Yes. And in that way, by concentrating on yourself, you're calming down. Yeah, absolutely. I love the... For a couple of years ago, as more than a couple of years, but when I was in college, <clears throat> excuse me, we did this. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Alexander technique for yes. body mm-hmm. mapping and, and breathing. Um, yeah. One of my teachers uh, was very big into the Alexander technique, and it's a body mapping. And maybe we'll do that in the next episode. But one of the biggest things that she added to it was this, and I think I've talked about it before, but the metronome therapy for breathing in for X amount of counts or beats and breathing Mm -hmm. out for half of that or twice as long that. So if you breathe in for two counts, you breathe out for four counts, you breathe in for four counts, out for 10 or 12 or however much. And it's a hyper-focused breathing that brings you back to a centered self so that you can kind of deal with whatever stress that is that you're doing. You can do that with your watch. Your, uh, right. I actually do it with my blinker. And if I'm, if I'm in traffic and I turn on my blinker because it's a consistent like tempo, you can actually breathe in two blinks, there out you go. four blinks. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. there's a way to do it. But, uh, yeah, we'll talk about Alexander technique uh, and body mapping maybe in a, in a week or two. But, um, so anyway, I just Lights. wanted to put that out there. Yeah, that's good. And, and the thing is, particularly for people who are prone to panic attacks. Mm-hmm. Soon as you feel the attack coming, go to the deep breathing, because yeah. the panic attack is a hyperventilation that's up in the chest. If you mm-hmm. move it down to your to your stomach and you slow down the breathing, the attack will calm down. Yes, and that's and and it does not take that much time. Right, and it's a good way to attention. prevent yourself from going from zero to a hundred. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I have to do that with, you know, even with the uh, jangled nerves of the coffee, calm myself down, <laughs> yeah. take deep breaths, and then I'm able to to manage. 
when the kids yeah. are getting all hyper, <laughs> as yes. a parent, you, you know, calm yourself down and then they can feel it. When you're calmer, the kids will calm down. Oh, absolutely. And they, yeah, you they, know, you bounce they feel off that each tension. Other. Right, right. Yeah. And you see, but the other piece of it is, too, this thing of taking care of yourself in order to take care of other people. That's a, a, a mantra I'd like people to, to uh, incorporate. If you mm-hmm. take care of yourself. Now, one of the things that can happen to people is that they, all their muscles are tensing up when they're you know, feeling stress. And that's what I talk about. Pay attention to your body. And one of the things that you can do, and it only takes a few few minutes, you can do a little bit of meditating. Now, mm-hmm. what do I mean by meditation? I mean, some people think they have to put on a robe and, and go off for, yes. for several hours. And I have a friend of mine who meditates an hour every day, and uh, yep. I just don't, you know, that, that doesn't fit into my schedule. <laughs> no, but, mine, mine either. <laughs> yeah, right. Most people, but you can take uh, just a couple minutes, and there are several ways that you you can start off with the deep breathing we're talking about, mm-hmm. and you know just allow yourself to close your eyes if you're not yeah. driving, uh, close your eyes, and just take yourself to a place that. Uh, for you, uh, means serenity and peace. I was fortunate enough mm-hmm. to be on a beach in uh, St. Martin, and oh, wow. I had the whole beach to myself. Yes. And uh, I was sighted in those days, so I can conjure up the sight of it. But even if you, oh, wow. even if you uh, can't have uh, always been blind, you can just... Uh, a beach, for example, or a mountain, feel in your feet. Imagine you're you're on a trail or sitting under a tree in in the mountains, and the, feel the feeling of being there, of the air, and just mm. put yourself in that place. Yep. And just for a few minutes, just conjure up that serenity and you know if you it may take a little while in the beginning but after a Mm -hmm. while uh you know you'll find that you go very quickly there and it can relax you yes and just just imagine the air the uh the smell the you know the the whole Mm -hmm. sense of your being there and no one else is around and you're relaxed you can bring that in just a few minutes and then stay there for a few minutes and then come you can you're ready to go. Yep. You can even add candles. I mean, get your favorite you don't even have to light it. Just get a candle. Some of the right. candles are powerful enough scent-wise that you can Right. Uh, right. Just, kind of that, you just set it right in front of you, set it next to you. Um sometimes it'll just that small fragrant um I guess atmosphere will allow you to decompress and de-stress. Uh, one thing that I've done as well is my mind races really badly. And so I, I have a hard time focusing in on one particular thing. And so what I've done is close my eyes. Don't do this when you're driving. I close my eyes and I will 
run my eyes in the shape of numbers. So like I'll close my eyes and I'll trace the outline of the number one. And if my Mm -hmm. eyes are doing it, I found that my mind has a much harder time trying to wander around than just focusing on what my eyes have to do. And it allows me to kind of decompress. And once I feel like I'm, I've gone to 10 or 15, sometimes 20, if I'm super stressed, but I can open my eyes then and I can just kind of lay down or I can sit, I can relax. And, um, it's a lot easier, especially going to sleep if I'm stressed, uh, to get, get through that and to get into a sleep pattern. Well, Jonathan, what you're doing is training yourself to focus on yes. one thing. And, you know, I had the image of uh, a place, you're saying the image of uh, a number. For some people, focusing on a piece of music and just mm, conjuring yes. up the music in their mind or or focusing on something that... Uh, uh, you know, that that feels good to you like a, a teddy bear or focusing something that just focus on yes. that. The, the mm-hmm. other uh, one of the other uh, exercises that I've found very helpful for me is uh, if people will, can take the time, you can do this mm-hmm. in spot or you can do this, uh, the full exercise, which is a muscle relaxation yeah, And in the full exercise, you start with your toes and you curl your toes as tight and as tight as possible right. and then slowly release them. And then go with each muscle group, your, your feet, uh, your, mm-hmm. your, your legs, all the way up your body to your head. Mm-hmm. Take that muscle group, just focus on tightening those muscles and then loosening it and feel the relaxation moving up your body as you do that. Yep. And, but if you don't have that much time and you're paying attention to this uh, tension that you're feeling, go right. to that part of your body where your muscles are, t- uh, are tense and tighten them. That is increase the tension mm-hmm. and then allow the, the to release and feel the the tension go out of your body. Well, and to add that, you can even do light tapping. So if you take the palms of your hands and you just gently tap like on your arms or your chest or right. your stomach, you move up and down your body, that will give you a very pretty – it can give you a clear indication as to where that stress might be. It's easier to it. feel it in your back or your neck or your head. Those are pretty stressful points in your body. Uh, because they're the skeletal frame and kind of how we move. But sometimes it's in our shoulders, it's in our arms. And so yeah. if we're tapping those places on our body, our mind will automatically go to where we're tapping. It's it's considered like a pain sensor. We're, we're sensing those physical sensations. So if you tap right. on your chest or you tap on your sides, your stomach, your thighs, your knees, your feet, your brain is but automatically going to go to that spot and hyper-focus on it. And that's the key. That's the key. You focus on that instead of what's stressing you. or right. Because a, a lot of times the stress comes from having too many things mm-hmm. demanding your attention. And right. you're trying to be fair. You're trying to, and, and you get real scattered and you don't, you're jumping from one thing to another. And that's stressful. Yeah. So when you give yourself and in, 
the chance to focus on one thing and know that you can focus, you have the power to uh, focus on something is very empowering uh, in terms of saying, okay, I can handle a variety of things. I just need to figure which thing mm-hmm. to deal with at one time. And yeah. in a sense, by the exercise that you mentioned, you're focusing in and that yeah. allows you to say, oh, I am in control. I can be yep. in control. And yes. then you have the, you know, the strength to deal with the situation, whatever the situation is.